Fisher. We're talking real money. Is that what we do here? Yeah, that's what we do. Hi, everybody. I'm Don. Over there is Tom. I'm still hearing an echo from somewhere. I don't understand. You sure it's why. not inside your head? Somewhere? It could very well be. Yeah, I mean, after everything, maybe. I, 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 I have determined that I will never ever get well. That I am just going no. to be chronically don't say that. ill negative, for the rest of my natural life. I mean, I was really counting on 2023 to be better, and then I go to the doctor on Thursday, and he goes, "Looks like you got walking pneumonia, dude." Looks like your thing turned into the thing, and so yeah. So I'm there on is still all the kinds other, of pills. The other is still the other, then, right? Okay. I, you know, so you're all. This is it. This you're 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 seeing the best of me right now. This is it. This is my big moment. I'm gonna do two hours with you guys, and then it's to the couch with the Chiefs playing whoever the heck they're gonna lose. Yeah, they're gonna win over. Oh, Jacksonville. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. the Florida team. Yeah, there you go. You should be rooting for your Florida guys. Yeah. Oh, I will be because okay. it's the Kansas. They're going to need it. It's the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs, Thomas. Yeah, they're going. Yeah. They're going to need some help. You hate the I don't Chiefs even know what the too. Line. I for for like fifty years. Yeah, so long well, time. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, and remember, there was that time when they were really good back in the beginning of the AFL. I mean, wow. Yeah. And then they're you're really again. dating yourself. Yeah, Len Dawson. Lenny Dawson. Lenny Dawson. And uh, who was the coach who was always wanting to matriculate down the field? Hank Stram. <laughs> Hank Stram. Going to matriculate yeah. down the field. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So you, oh, yeah, because you move. That's what matriculate is. It's moving right. forward. That's so, right. But nobody uses that in regular speech. I, you don't hear all that a you lot. You don't hear a lot of matriculation, except at no, colleges. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to our little get-together. It's called Talking Real Money. And today, we're going to do something unique and unusual on the radio. We're going to talk about money and how you earn it and how you spend it and how you save it and particularly how you invest it, particularly how you invest it when you freak out about stuff. And what is There's it a lot that, of freaking yeah, going on. What is it everybody's freaking out about, Tom? Starts with an R. Hmm. Uh, starts it's not with, a Rainier uh, beer. It's it's. Where would recession? you even come up with that? That's like I matriculating. Know, How, Rainier <laughs> beer is the R word that came to mind. Apparently so. I just did. Popped in my head. Okay. Maybe it's Saturday afternoon. I'm thinking of beer. Uh yeah. Because uh, everybody's talking about what recession right now. Really? I mean, are we going to get a soft landing? Are we going to yeah. be okay? And the news really is not very good. You got uh, Google, Microsoft, Amazon at all laying people off. You got the real estate market. I just read this number. Existing home sales slid 17.8% last year wait, over wait, the year before. Wait, wait, la in 2022? 2022, existing Wasn't home sales. Wasn't 2022 a good year? Yeah. Then you got all the everybody slowing their growth rates corporately. You got reduced earnings at major companies. I mean, the new you, ever, you, you read all this stuff and... You think you got to run for the hills, and some people are so, telling you to yeah, do run for the hills. So the question I keep hearing over and over again is, how do you invest for a recession? Yeah, I, I love questions wants like this. It's kind of yeah. like, well, how do you invest for a bull market? Well, or how okay. do you invest if the federal government runs out of money? Yeah. Uh, because that came up last week in an online thing we had. Um, I'll tell you what you don't do. What? You don't follow this guy, 
because I, I went and looked up a few quotes to see what people were saying about what to do in the recession. Yeah, which guy? The Great Recession of 2020. Robert yeah. Kiyosaki, you remember him. I wish I could forget. He calls I this do. the he calls this the biggest bubble in world history. Really? And he says, get rid, get mm-hmm. rid of paper assets. Now he's never been a guy that's like stocks, bonds, ever, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, et cetera. He says instead of those worthless things where you can just tear up the paper and throw it all away, you invest in gold and silver, you invest in Bitcoin, and you invest in real estate. Oh, oh, wait, Robert the Stopped Clock Kiyosaki. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, huh. Let me just go back here. Let me travel back in time. I'm traveling back to 2011. Feel better now, too, by the way? I do. Wow. Oh, man, I'm so much healthier. What a difference 10 years can make. I am so much younger than I was. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki is making a very specific prediction Way back in 2011. What's he telling you then? He is predicting that we will soon have the biggest stock market crash in history. Bigger than 2008, 2009. Bigger than 1987. He predicts it will occur. Bigger than 73, 74. Yeah. In 2016. He even knows when it will happen. He predicts the same thing in 2012 and 2013. And 2014. And even in, I'm looking right at it, March of 2016. Oh, wait. No. April of 2016. He says it, too. It's just not here yet, but it'll be here right on schedule. Right around the corner. In 2016. And then in 2016, he said, well, there's still going to be a market crash. This is going to be a little later. And then he said that it's going to happen in 2021, 2020. Two, twenty-three. Now, yeah, twenty-three. Now, what this does that sound bubble. a lot like? Uh, do you say broken clock? Yeah, stop, stop clock. clock. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. Twice a day, if it's a twenty, a twelve-hour clock. But he's probably a twenty-four-hour <laughs> clock. I'd say more like a twenty-four-year clock. Or, okay, or or just <laughs> okay. I hate to say it like this, but. This guy is one of the most dangerous, heavily, popularly listened to commentators in the world. And yet you folks listen to him because he wrote this goofy book about rich fathers that turned out to be practically made up. So uh, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk more. Don't go away. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And just continuing on my um, slamming of Robert Kiyosaki, who truly deserves it. Such horrible advice. He's given so much of it over the years, and it's really bad. I told you that Rich Dad, the subject of the book, was made up. And and you know what he was because once he claimed it was a guy who had died and he wasn't going to give his name. Then he claimed that he's an invalid and he doesn't want to bother him. Then he said that uh, he would, that, that the family of Rich Dad asked not to be identified, wanted to keep his, his anonymity. And, the, and, the, and then he said, well, okay, well, maybe he's not a single character, but a composite of a lot of people I know, including Buckminster Fuller and many others. And then years later he said, just leave me alone. Is Harry Potter real? 
Why don't you let Rich Dad be a myth like Harry Potter? So basically, admitting and then, the darn and then things after all that, and then after all that, they found a place for him in Congress, I believe. Right? Something right. like that. <laughs> just, just making stuff just up. Saying, yeah. Just, uh, as a matter of fact, you works? know, this guy, he even filed bankruptcy when he lost a court ruling for teaching illegally. And uh, just a bad man. I don't know why. And he's one of the top podcasts. His yeah, podcast. we look at the numbers on a regular basis, and he's always up there. Oh, is it that good? Is it that interesting? No, it's really basically he sits around. He's number twenty-two in business, and he sits around and tells you to buy silver and real estate. Of course, always real estate and silver, which only goes up. Until which, it doesn't. which apparently is uh, how you're supposed to invest in a recession. When people ask right. the question, "How do you invest in a recession?" and people ask us that, so we are going to give all you the time the yep. answer, the yep. ultimate answer to how to invest in a recession. Now, whether you like it or not is another thing. Whether it's what you're looking for or not, well, maybe not. Oh, by the way, give us a call eight five five nine three five talk. I figured you know the number by now, but maybe not eight five five nine three five eight two five five. So, Tom, yes, how do how should our listener or listeners, maybe we have more than one, invest for a recession? The same. The same as what? The same as before a recession or after a recession. You mean just build a diversified portfolio and leave it Keep alone? Keep your costs low, be tax efficient, ignore all the noise. And there's a lot of it. There's a lot more today than Okay, then normal. let me ask you another question. Yeah. Um, so, okay, how do you invest for a booming economy? Okay, go ahead. Come on. The same. The same. How do you Keep invest? Going. I'm, I'm ready for the next how, question. How do, how, do, how, do, how do you invest for uh, the federal uh, government uh, uh, running out of money? How do you invest? The same. The same as what? The same as the recession, the same as the booming economy, the same as the World War Two, the same as the Korean. All so, these things. Well, okay, They're then. Going to come along. Then, final. My final question is: This is it? No, okay. no, no. My oh, final. This is oh. it. My final. Well, yes, my final question for all time, probably. <laughs> okay, um, good. You're not wh- having a good day. I can see. Wh- that. Why are we doing this show then? The same. <laughs> That's all he's going to say all day. I. Find, so, Tom, what's our you, phone what, number? <laughs> the same, the same. 855-935-TALK. <laughs> you know, I nope. will mention one of the things. Everybody has the idea out there right now about what you should do, right? They're, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, yes, Kiyosaki's advice has been bad for a very long time. But then there's our friends at Bloomberg who are uh, telling you that this is going to be the year of the corporate bond. Uh-huh. Okay. It's going to be a, the yields wait, are much higher. The one higher. thing they're right, it's – it's very likely to be a better year than last year. Well, yeah, I mean, because last year you lost what you know, depending on the the length of the bond, anywhere between I don't know twelve and well, long term bonds lost in the twenty somewhere, right? And their point is, well, now the yields are back. So we because we get a lot of questions about this too. Um, somebody asked me about the Vanguard Intermediate Corporate Bond Index Fund, which is an ETF is VCIT VCIT the ETF. Mm-hmm. It's pretty inexpensive, and the yield is five percent, which sounds great. I am great. still wondering how in the world they're current, pulling off a current yield of five. I, I know, know. I it does seem 
because their companies are now uh, oh, increasing oh, the oh, amount oh, they're oh, selling. Oh, 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 and okay, because it's corporate and correct because yep. uh, over half of the portfolio is at the is very bottom re- yep. of yep. the investment grade category, which is triple B. So triple we're B. talking it's about investment grade. Yeah, yeah but, it's, but it's it's debt with uh, yeah. that mm-hmm. might not be. Although, oh, you're going to love this line. You ready? It's debt yeah. that might not do as well in a recession. <laughs> which we might be in, right? I mean, right. these companies may not be able to meet their obligations, but... But again, this is all about you making money. They're not worried about the other side. They're saying uh, blue chip bonds are, they say, yielding 5.1, where junk bonds 12 months ago were at 4.8. So you've seen this huge rise wow. in how much people are paying out. So investment-grade paper now is paying more than junk bonds paid just a short time ago. A year ago, yeah. yeah. right. And I didn't look at the junk uh which is, uh, I always forget, Vanguard's high-yield um Hold on, ticker. I'll find it. Yeah, it's so. I mean, yeah, you, you better get paid a lot to buy junk in a recession, because wow, I mean, that's uh, tons of risk in the biggest bubble in world history. You have to keep talking because I'm looking something oh, up. That's it. <laughs> I will mention the phone number then if that's wow. okay. Wow, wow, that's very yeah. interesting. The yield on this is how. And it's so it's so funny because I saw this. I I talked yesterday on on the podcast about creating a CD ladder. That was four percent, four and a half 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 percent. Great ladder. It's That's amazing really how yields have compressed in Flattened. every category. They've just and they, it's even in junk debt. Uh, the uh, the yield on the high yield corporate admiral shares is about five point two. Wow! To give me the investment grade. Yeah, all no over kidding. That. That's a no brainer. Interesting. Not much difference there. So, and by the way, we are not recommending you run out by corporate bonds of either type. No, we are recommending what was it again? It's two words: the same. That's the it. same. Yeah, the same. That's the same. same. And let let's explain the same again for those oh, of you yeah, who just sure. dropped by. This is the really same. easy. Yeah, we, we will even easy. we will even tell you exactly which funds to own for sure. the same. Here's yeah. the here's the easy way to doing the same. You go to TalkingRealMoney.com. That is our website. And I know you have a computing device of some kind. Even though my wife never uses a computer, I see her do this on her phone. I don't know how she does it on her phone because that screen is too tiny for my big fat fingers. But she does. Anyway, go to TalkingRealMoney.com. Scroll down. Take the risk quiz. Okay? Do that. Find out what your risk tolerance is. And it'll tell you exactly what portion you should have in stocks and bonds based on your risk tolerance. And then go to the three funds in three groups or four funds in four groups or whatever the thing's called now and build the portfolio. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Apologize. I am doing a terrible job giving out the phone number today. I'm doing a bad job. Usually I say it about 3,000 times in an hour, and I think I've only said it about six. 855-93... Tom, are you not hearing anything? 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Oh, Tom dropped off the network. You dropped off the network, sir. So let's see why. Yeah, you disconnected. You have a technical problem. At your end, 
And if you can't get back on, this is going to be a miserable day for Don. <laughs> 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. And again, bear with us while Tom has a few technical difficulties. And I want to go back to the investing for in a recession. There is nothing special you should ever be doing when it comes to investing. That was the whole point of that exercise. You shouldn't be reacting to what is happening. You shouldn't even be trying to anticipate what's going to happen because you're going to be wrong more often. Because because think about this for a minute. The number of possibilities going forward is almost infinite in their variation. So if you're trying to guess what the future will bring, you are going to be wrong more often, far more often than you're going to be right. And I'm going to do this, Tom, turn on your, go to your FaceTime video thing. And I'm going to turn the mic on there because I can talk to you through that. Uh, we're live. And Tom, I think your internet went down. That is what it looks like from here. I think your internet literally went down. So you may need to reboot. So I'm going to get rid of that and go back to talking to our lovely listeners out there. The fact is, most of the people who work in the financial services industry cannot make a living if they are not telling you the next thing to do. They need to do that. Because if they do what we do, then everybody, think about this for a minute, every single person on the radio, on CNBC, on Fox Business, every stockbroker at Morgan Stanley or Merrill Lynch or Ameriprise or Edward Jones, every single one of them would be telling you the exact same thing. And then... Why do you need them? And we are of the opinion that the reality is you don't. You don't need any of them. And you would be better off without them. But it is hard to break a a habit that goes back decades. And it does go back. It goes back to the beginning of investing. It goes back to the beginning of humanity. We've always believed that we can beat the odds if only we had that tiny bit of additional information. And maybe we'll get it if we sit and watch that ticker. Because, you know, when you look at that ticker, you're going to be able to tell if the price is good or bad, right? Wrong. If you listen to what they're telling you about the economy and which stocks are going to be hot and which not, you're going to get nothing from it. I watched a Wall Street Journal interview that was 30 minutes long, and it went about 29 minutes too long, where two money managers argued over whether or not Tesla had a incredibly bright future ahead of it. One of the guys had a brilliant argument for shorting Tesla. The other had an emotional argument for buying Tesla, saying it's going to go. It's going to go back up. It's going to go back to billions of dollars. And yet, they said nothing that was of any value to any of us. We don't have that kind of money to play 
to literally play with a stock, whether a stock is going to go up or whether a stock is going to go down. We have to invest for the for the future, our future. It's too important Tom to play with. We're talking real money. Hello. Welcome back to our little show. I'm so excited to welcome back to Talking Real Money our co-host, Mr. Thomas C. Cock. Welcome hey, back. Hey, how are you? I, I, good. Thank I, you. I hope you can stay for a while this time. Well, who knows? Do you remember? <laughs> if it were up to me, I would. But do you, you remember the, the <laughs> South Park song, Blame Canada? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm cha- I know I've where changed, you're headed with I've this. I've changed the name. It's called Blame Comcast. <laughs> yeah. In this case, they pretty much have to be because it couldn't be anything else. No, it so. has to be Comcast. Yeah, it is. And so. for some reason, Tom, he, he lives in a, a, a very nice house, very lovely home, <laughs> in a subdivision yeah. um, it, near one of the highest tech communities on planet Earth, known as Seattle, yeah. Washington. Um, don't they, what do they call it? Silicon something, mountain, silicon, up the hill. I don't know, no, no, but no, somebody's down there pulling the plug out and plugging it back. But he in has or the worst internet service. It's a shared service, like Comcast is want to do. It's like let's share your service with all your neighbors, so that the kid downloading free movies can uh, suck all the life out of your network or whatever. So <laughs> exactly. I, don't, so, I anyway, have no idea. We're back. Blame we're back Comcast. For the we're back. Eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number. Eight five five nine three five eighty two fifty five. And now. In addition to welcoming Tom to the program, we get to welcome Pat. Pat, welcome to Tom and Don together again. Yay. Yay. Thank you. I I have to say, before I say anything else, your health is your wealth. Thank you. And I am very poor. We were talking this morning. I thought, (laughs) I don't know if if you've ever heard that before, but I think it's very... No, I I haven't. A wise woman said that to me, and yep. Now, you made me feel like I'm poverty-stricken. No, 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 no. It's like that's where you need to invest, is in your health. Oh, my gosh. Am I investing in it? (laughs) Yeah. uh, You should see my insurance bill and my medical bills. I am investing in my health. Yes. Anyway, what can we do Lovely. for you today? Well, I am in the process of, I decided that since you guys are giving the AOK to the ETFs, I stayed away I, from them, but now I feel like, okay, the you've said a number of things that make it make sense for me to move my mutual funds to ETFs. Okay. And I can't, I can't figure out which ETF in Vanguard is the total bond market? I have VBTLX oh, for my mutual fund. What would be the equivalent ETF? Tom, three letters. That's that all is, you have to do. Just give three letters. B as in boy, N as in Nancy, D as in Don, BND. Okay. So what is BNDX? I think that's uh i'll look it up but it I'm might be it up, without us i might as my guess but i could be wrong okay it, um, it said total world and the other one was total oh bond. yeah bndx so, is the international it's not it's the whole world it's not, u.s yeah. and international bonds it's both and generally you're okay i mean we have a very 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 small amount of international bonds in our portfolio i think a total u.s bond portfolio would do just fine pat 
Okay. And that's what I have in my mutual fund anyway, so it won't yeah. change. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plus, yep. one of the things, one of the reasons people, and this is not the best reason, but one of the one of the reasons people are comfortable in bond funds most of the time, with the exception of a few years past, uh, is the yield. And the yield right now on BND is over a percentage point higher than on BNDX. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. What changed to make ETFs a good? Uh, uh, something recommended over mutual funds. Did something time change? Time passed. No, time passed. They paid us a lot more to no, say that yeah, they were no, okay. No time. No, kid. Yeah. <laughs> what happened joke. is that we uh, saw we saw all the worst that we thought could happen to them. Things that concerned us about the market actually being able to to support this fascinating new asset class. But now they've been around for for a couple of decades. And they've really stood the test of time. Plus, everybody, almost simultaneously, it was the industry changed like that, much like the car industry is changing right now, like that. The industry changed from mutual funds to ETFs in just the past couple of years. Vanguard went heavy into ETFs. Uh, Dimensional funds went into ETFs. You, You saw a lot of the mainstream companies move to ETFs because it's a more efficient way to manage the portfolio. It's generally less expensive. It's more tax efficient. And again, as Don said, you can buy most of the asset classes you could in a mutual fund in an exchange traded fund. It's just a better... Better mousetrap, for lack of better uh, better expression. Better mousetrap, better expression. Well, anyway, the um, before, there so were fewer of them, been. too. Good and point. did you say that they that there's you don't pay capital gains until you sell the fund, the ETF? For the most part. Not enti- okay. Yeah, because of the that way they're designed. They simply move securities around inside of them instead of selling a security and booking that gain. So it is much more tax efficient. So in a taxable type of account you know, not qualified, like an IRA, Roth IRA. ETFs make a ton of sense. Unless you're at Vanguard, and they've already basically turned all their funds into the same structure as ETFs, but uh, it is just, and the the other, a couple of other good things about them. One is their fees tend to be a lot lower. Now, when you're down at at 10 basis points or one-tenth of one percent or less, it doesn't matter much, but the fees are lower and they can be traded with anyone. Almost every brokerage firm in the world will trade ETFs, well, in the country, will trade ETFs without a commission or a transaction fee. You trade mutual funds, much more expensive proposition. So. Yeah, thank you, Pat. Great question. And, um, yeah, we were, by the way, the other reason that we, we didn't come along to ETFs for a long time is because we manage a lot of other people's money. So we tend to be conservative about oh, these man. things. We don't just rush in and say, okay, I understand cryptocurrency is going to be huge. Well, and the other no. thing is, is we could not find all the asset classes we needed either. That's a good point. So it would have been a hodgepodge portfolio of funds and ETFs. Uh, now, I, I, do we use funds? I don't know. 855-935-TALK is our number. We'll be back. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Want to know how to invest for fill in the blank? Give us a call. 855-935-TALK. 855-935-8255. Want to know anything else about money? Give us a call. We'll try to answer any question put to us 
about money or pretty much anything else because we're easy. How do I invest for my 65th birthday, by the way, which is coming up soon? It's too late. Sorry. <sighs> okay. You should have been saving for years for that. I, to be know, a- just, I thought I'd give it a try, a whirl. Yeah, see what I, I- I'll tell you what, what happened with, with my 65th birthday. Happens. I, I um I I pretty much decided I didn't want to celebrate it. Um, I don't I don't want to celebrate any more of them. <laughs> I really don't. My wife she loves a good celebration. I on the other hand, eh, take them or leave them. You're low key guy. I'm a yeah, low key guy. Eight five five nine three five talk is our number. You can also send questions in at talkingrealmoney.com. Or by the way, you can call eight five five nine three five talk twenty four seven and ask questions. Just like this person did. Hi, Dan and Tim. It's Mike <laughs> in Ohio. Uh, sorry about the names. I couldn't pass that up. Don and Tom. Uh, oh, thank I'm interested you. in knowing which site you use when you're looking up ticker symbols. Uh, so I can uh, follow along uh, doing that when I'm uh, listening to your podcast. Thanks very much. So he wants to follow along at home. If you want to follow along at home, go to Morningstar.com. That's Morningstar.com. Okay, but it depends. Oh, do you mean to go look up a fund yeah. or just to figure out what the fund is? No. you can go on the Internet type anything oh, in. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Find when, a number when, we, of when we type a symbol in, like when we yeah. typed in BND just now, I got to go to my computer screen. I always grab the wrong mouse. BND. I just type it right in there, and it says Vanguard Total Bond Index, and then I can look up things. Now, I can look up a lot more things than you probably will be able to because I pay a lot of money to subscribe to their premium service. Yeah, and so you, but anybody can go there and find out the cost of the fund. That's the expense ratio. They can look at the composition of the fund. In, they can tell you in, kind of what it owns. Yeah, you're not going to get deep dive detail. No, but yeah, you, you get a general idea. And um, and and in some ways, in some ways, risk return because you can see. I think you can see standard deviation with any right, license. But you have to. Yeah, you do have to know how to read some of that. That's true. You have to know Very how to true. read some of that. One thing, though, a little warning. Uh, if you are using Morningstar, you're going to be tempted by the stars and the ratings. Pay no attention to the stars or the ratings. They are totally backward looking. They gave them, they give them a lot of stars if they have done well. They give them a gold if they have done well. They have no clue whether they're going to do well going forward or not. The only stars really to pay attention to are the stars of this show, I'm told. No, When okay. they're here, sometimes they just leave in the middle of the show. <laughs> just time's up, lunchtime. So we can't uh, pay you any attention. Take... I got another one. <laughs> you take... want another one? No, I've, oh, you I have got one? one. Oh, I got one, okay. Yeah. Tom's yeah. jumping to the front of the line. I know. How about you that? Jumping uh, again. This... Did you want God to pay more attention to you? Like the... <laughs> I wish you would. Okay. Uh, Bobby writes us from Pendleton, South Carolina. Says, hi, Tom and Don. Looking at dividend ETFs, it seems stop it. tickers Just stop it. single SCHD is the way to go. The passively managed ETF with a low expense ratio from the research I've done on the ETF seems to be similar, he says, to AVUV. I don't know if that's true. What? In that it has ETF. The What are your thoughts on SCHD? How in the They're world not similar is it in any way. similar to AVUV? 
Let's They're see. both exchange-traded funds, I guess. Uh, yes. They're both okay. low-cost. They use American stocks. Okay, good, yeah. good. That's where the similarities um, pretty much end. Oh, wait, wait. They both have a value tilt. Okay. Because dividend stocks do tend to have a value Gen- tilt. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, let's see, though. This fund is very large company stocks. And, and AVUV is very, very small. small company In fact, stocks. tiny, 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 tiny. And this portfolio only has 100 stocks in it. And AVUV, let's get the... I don't know how many stocks. I don't think I ever looked it up. If you want to follow along at home, go to Morningstar.com and type in the symbols. Uh, AVUV has a... It's a much larger portfolio. How much? I'm confident. How many? Pardon me. 700. 700? Yeah, it's not... And and the the size of the companies, the average size in AVUV... Wow, I couldn't believe this when I saw this. Two and a half billion dollars. Those are small firms. You know, for those of us sitting at home going, gosh, I, oh, I I'm so excited big, to get but, to a million yeah. dollars in my uh, yeah, in my portfolio. I two and a half, oh, but, these little tiny two and a half billion okay, dollar companies. Okay, but not long ago, there were companies that were worth trillions. Not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, these are pretty small firms. And, and the idea here is to buy a lot of them, 700 of them, buy the ones that are have a, a value tilt and, wait, and ride wait. them up. Right, and then make sure. You only buy the ones that go up. <laughs> That's always great. Sure, call me. Uh, so, no, SCHD is a dividend-paying – I think it's a high-dividend payout, correct? I mean, I think uh, the, the uh, dividend uh, you pay out was something oh, like yeah. three or something. Hold on. The, the, idea the, the was, dividend for AVUV is 1.55. Yeah, which is closer to what I think you should expect. In a general sense, you know, one and a half to two. two, Yeah, Yeah, two percent. The uh, Schwab U.S. dividend, of course, they're going to get higher dividend paying stocks. So their SEC yield is 3.4. Okay, I thought it was three and a half. Yeah, I mean, so again, these are not in any way, I would say, similar. Plus, I could even say dissimilar. They're dissimilar. Plus, the problem when you buy dividend paying stocks is you tend to leave some growth on the table. Because shocker, they, they're, there they're, yeah. they're not reinvesting money in growing the company. They're paying out money they make to shareholders. So uh, and all and they are a little bit of a value play, but they're a large value play, and we we're not excited about the prospect. Well, we don't, and we we don't, don't play these niches. We don't play in the pool that says you should own dividend paying stock. We own a lot of them because we own the market, but we don't specifically do that. And by the way, I think I think I remember this right. It's only about 60% of stocks that pay a dividend. So now you're getting, I think it's maybe even less than that. You're getting rid of a lot of stocks that could be very productive for your portfolio. So you're really limiting uh, what you own. And, and so it's not, a, it's not a method that we would recommend. I'll put it that way. Hmm. He's thinking about how many stocks uh, pay dividends. F- I thought from Larry Swedros. Okay, so I had the, the 60, 40 backwards. So it's even yeah. worse than I thought. Yeah. Let's see. I'm just. I'm gonna double check that because I'm just seeing a quick title. But I'll I'll check it. We'll have that later. I think that's but, pretty close. You know, though, yeah. Half of them. Let's just say, say half. half. Yep. Let's say half. Eight five five nine three five. Talk is our phone number. I'm Don. That's Tom. We're here trying to help you get through this confusing world of money, particularly the investment part. Stick around. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. 
Hey, once a year, we pull together all the top experts on everything from making money to saving money to spending it to coming up with a way to pay yourself in retirement. It's called Retire Meet. This is the ninth year we've done it. Special early bird tickets coming up for the event on February 25th. So get on it right now. Retire Meet. That's retiremeet.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now? 